Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Okay, so we've just made a new discovery. Well, it's not strictly new, though, is it, Emily? In fact, it's been around for about two and a half million years, ever since our ancestors moved to coastal environments and started harvesting seaweed, changing the course of human evolution. Okay, fine. But seaweed is new to us, because now you can harness all of its concentrated benefits in supplement form. From Dr. Seaweed. Turns out that Dr. Seaweed is a real person. (laughs) (laughs) A marine biologist who developed his weed and wonderful range of nutritional supplements based around seaweed's superpowers. Rooted in nature, backed by science, and created for your health and wellness, seaweed helps with immunity, cognition, and my God, do we need that at the moment, and a fully functioning nervous system, as well as skin and thyroid, some of the big guns. It's a superfood with masses of iron, calcium, iodine, and potassium, all the good stuff. So we are delighted that Dr. Seaweed is bravely sponsoring this podcast. And you can hear our chat with the doc himself in a couple of weeks' time. Discover the wonder of seaweed with 20% off using the code MIDALT20 at checkout, as well as an additional 15% off if you subscribe and save. Cancel and pause anytime free of charge. Dr. Seaweed is so confident you'll notice a difference that there is also a 30-day money-back guarantee. Available at drseaweed.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R seaweed.com. Hi everyone, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I've gone all officious. <laughs> Welcome to Officious Me. I am now the person who emails about incidents in the park. I contact the council, I email all relevant adults. You've become an upstanding member of society. I am. I'm, You've I'm become a pillar of the community. I'm a pillar of the fucking community. I can't believe it. I've just become that person who reports things and, and they are wrong things. So like are you at the point where you're thinking, well, this is just not okay. This is just not okay. And you said to me as I was sending like the 10th email this morning, you were like, you're such a grown up and you definitely did not mean it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's a compliment. Sometimes it's not, right? I know. It's so, it's so, yes, I know. It's like this sort of strange thing where you just don't want to let things go because, you know. Because then you'll let things slip. Exactly. And then standards will not be met. <laughs> and then where are we? Everything's going to the dogs. Everything is, yeah. I mean, the, I mean everything is clearly, going to... right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> God. Anyway, here we are. Oh, my God. How are you, Annabelle? I'm uh, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but um, I can't remember the word. <laughs> it's on the tip of my brain. So, okay. Is there a word for when you're really clever, but you can't remember anything and you know literally nothing? <laughs> because that's where I live now. I mean, don't you find, here we are at the height of our powers. If only we could remember all the stuff. Because the authority's there, the experience. We're seasoned, after all. The experience is there, worldly. But we're trapped in a really peculiar dichotomy whereby we're brimming with wisdom (laughs) that we can't remember. (laughs) It's a bit like noticing that the skin elasticity has gone around your knees. It's like you, you both care a lot about that. And not at all about that at the same time. And, and it's like I, I care a lot and not at all about the fact that at any point I might forget what I'm saying in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> and yet 
simultaneously, unbidden, we can all suddenly remember the lyrics to Buffalo Stance by Name the Cherry. I mean, rapping for I fuck's know. sake. I can remember the whole of Sheep. I mean, where's that? What, how's that going to take me forward? Well, useful perhaps at about 1am after a lot of shouty juice, but less useful to get you out of a tight spot in the middle of a strategy meeting when you're just trying to avoid falling into the, what was I just saying, <laughs> trap? It's such a terrible thing. What phrase. was I just saying? So we have learned to write shit down. Have you noticed that if you use the word shit, you sound tough? I'm going to do some knitting and shit. That's very good. Exactly. I'm going to do some remembering and shit. You know, prompts used to be enough. Okay. I mean, a word would do it. A single word on, in your notebook. Yeah. If you like scribbled birthday down, for example, you would know whose it was. Okay. And what you needed to do about it. Like, oh yeah, it's my sister-in-law's 40th. So I need to send five pictures of us and a poem and a video to her best friend from university and keep it all a vicious secret. Yes, keep it a secret. That's the bit you need to remember. I know, really. it's like, oh, I, I'm sure there's something I haven't told you. Yeah. <laughs> About your birthday. Yes, exactly. But I can't remember what it is. Oh, um, or Wednesday. You know, just write Wednesday down, which told you that you needed to expect a gold dust phone appointment with the GP at some point between 10 and 3 on Wednesday. It's literally, the GPs have turned into like sky technicians, <laughs> haven't they? Or like BT engineers. Just make sure you're fully available from 6am until 10pm that day or it's no go. No, but also they do no caller ID. So you forget and then you see no caller ID and you go, I'm not going to answer that. Of course, because so, you forget. And if you um, forget to keep your phone on, then you have to wait another three weeks to talk about your slightly sore, slightly worrying thing. Yeah, so, but unfortunately these days, one word is no help. It's absolutely no use to us whatsoever. We need an entire essay prompt. We need to package every actionable thought and spoon feed it back to ourselves and who has the time for that i know it's a lot of writing <laughs> yeah, exactly and it hurts it's hard sometimes isn't it to differentiate between things we can't remember and things we have never and probably will never understand things that have been you know designed to be confusing like like time the way they designed the clock i mean it's what criminally are they baffling. yeah so there are 60 minutes in an hour and 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week and 52 weeks in a year. Sorry, but those are the most random numbers <laughs> of all time. Why isn't time divided into neat, even little packages of numbers? Why is time so untidy? I don't like untidiness. <laughs> and why does our experience of time start speeding up with such violence, like we're all being rushed into an early grave? It's terrifying. And also it's nonsensical. I don't know which is worse, frightening or maddlingly sort of inefficient. <laughs> it's the, it's the, I think it's the combination of both that makes it so quite so painful oh, God. and exhausting. Okay, how about this one? Why is jeans shopping not something you can do spontaneously? Mm-hmm. I'm just nipping out to buy some jeans, some new jeans, said no one ever. Buying jeans is pretty much on a par with buying a new house. It takes planning, research. You have to be in the right mood. Ah, ha, 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 uh, because this mood is very hard to describe. You just kind of just know when you know, right? It doesn't just happen. Planets must align. The moon needs to be in a certain phase, obviously. It's just complicated, okay? Jeans shopping is more complicated than swimsuit shopping. Ooh. It shouldn't be, but it is. I actually just, I'm sorry, I just had goosebumps at the thought of swimsuit shopping as well. But I agree. I know, there's something about clambering into a pair of jeans and not knowing quite what's going to happen when they <laughs> hit your mid-thigh. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, here's another baffling thing. 
why does watching graphic surgeries or hospital dramas or documentaries <laughs> about murderers help us to relax? I mean, that shouldn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so you've had a terrible day. You're clearly not sleeping. You hate all your friends. Your hormones are going nuts. Your job is just wall-to-wall bastards. Delivery was suddenly said it's going to take 90 minutes and you're ravenous. Instagram is down, won't refresh the feed. I mean, it has one job. It won't refresh the feed now. What do you do to cheer yourself up? Oh, you watch a documentary about people being killed or having their organs removed and then you instantly feel better. So listen, we need to take a long, hard look at ourselves because, because why? I mean, because you're a serial killer, that's why. Yeah, because you're a serial killer. And you know, there are a lot of us around. <laughs> we are. I mean, look around, you see the signs, all the sinister behaviour. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. For example, driving when the seatbelt noise is going off. I mean, what is that about? Yeah, okay. So that beeping noise isn't burrowing into your soul to derail who you are as a human being. Oh, oh, that, that beeping noise is not making you want to slam on the brakes and ram your own head through the windscreen. You're just driving totally normally without screaming. Tell the truth. How many people have you killed and what have you done with the bodies? <laughs> I know. It's like those who are just completely normal at full moon. I'm sorry. I mean, I, it's got to worry you, right? Right. The rest of us are going mad, sweating, crying, boiling with rage, growing fangs, howling... And they are perfectly calm. I thought you were saying growing fans. I thought that was quite good. Either growing your own sort of, you know, like cheery uppy admiration crew or growing something to keep you cool when I you're feeling too warm. But no, growing fangs. Growing at full actual moon. fangs and being sort of, you know, happy. Stop it. Happy like sort of Hannibal Lecter at an all-you-can-eat human buffet. <laughs> happy like Grey from EastEnders after he pushed Cush under the tube at Walford East. Or, or knocked Chantelle into the dishwasher utensils rack and then left her impaled on a knife. Or strangled Tina and hid her body under the argy-bargy. Yeah. I mean... You've got to be a serial killer if you're sleeping through the night at this point. I, I can only imagine that, that, that sleeping through the night is the, is the bonus of being a serial killer. I mean, you belong on death row. <laughs> okay, okay. So eight, an undisturbed night's sleep, eight hours, is... is Deeply disturbing. What do you mean you don't need to pee 932 times in the night? Or get up and organise a cupboard at 2am to try and deal with the anxiety? Or spend hours wishing you'd studied harder for your French GCSE while panicking that your entire life is built on sand and about to collapse? Oh, just the word GCSE still makes me slightly stressed, actually. Well, that's because you're not a serial killer. I mean, what do you mean you put your head down at 10pm and wake up all refreshed at 7am? <laughs> I mean, I'm literally ready to dial 999 screaming. Yeah, who are these people? They're the same ones who don't get hangovers. Everybody knows that hangovers become a kind of near-death experience after the age of 40. I have seen you all. Mm -hmm. I know this from the other side. And you side. don't drink, but you, you saw the turn. I there was a point when we were just mildly off-colour. But now, if I have a hangover, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline hallucinating. I mean, my blood has been replaced with poison. I, I, I sort of need to be hospitalised. And, and your hangovers just go on for days. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Everything hurts from your hair to the soles of your feet. Yeah, not to mention the paranoia, <laughs> which is powerful enough to fuel a rocket to Mars as you question your very existence. Well, listen, you're either 22, lying about your hangover, or you're a dangerous murderer. And from where we're sitting, <laughs> it's clearly number three. 
other signs you're a serial killer? I mean, it's low-hanging fruit. There are, there are, it's very easy to find signs <laughs> that we're all serial killers. Okay, yeah. I've got one. You only cry for a reason. Ah, yes. Okay, so death or serious injury, that's it. There's no drunk crying, no hormonal crying, no full moon crying as discussed. No, I have no idea why I'm crying, crying where you're flapping. Yeah, just good old proportionate response crying. I mean, exactly what kind of evil are you? I mean, you're evil. Evil? Well, it could be that you're the kind of evil that looks forward to a bank holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, the optimistic among us will give thoughts or phrases like, I'm looking forward to the bank holiday, the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Because, I mean, I suppose in principle... (laughs) Long weekends sound like a good thing. I guess the clue is in the word, right? Long. 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 I mean, most non-serial killer people we know find bank holidays very unnerving. Well, you've got to fill it with enough things so you don't feel devastated by loneliness and failure, but not so many things that you end up defeated and deranged with exhaustion at the end of it all. I know, and then you've got to deal with your internal compare and contrast when it comes to other people's plans. Oh, God. The hell of other people, the hell of other people's plans. Oh, you know, the ones that have organised the doing of glamorous and expensive things like getting on planes. Yeah, or they've been uh, imaginative and proactive and organised enough to book adorable shepherd's huts in adorable fields for three days of wholesome frolicking. And then actually, you know, the, you can also be intimidated by the people who don't feel the need to do anything and are just sort of accepting rather than tortured by their bank holiday inadequacy. They're the worst. <laughs> they really are. They're, They're like, the hey. scariest because they can just sit with their bank holiday feelings <laughs> and not have to act out on them by spending money or doing a geographical. Or, or ending up at some terrible activity, which is both painful for everybody, at super unfun and mega expensive. With climbing. <laughs> So, so outdoorsness. So, if if you are looking forward to the bank holiday, then we do not know if you are to be trusted. I mean, are you planning to pick off the weakest ones when they least expect it? Oh, maybe that's why they look forward to it. Three long days of evil deeds, a killing spree. Okay, we can think of no other explanation. What about the the the, the killers who <laughs> rearrange how the dishwasher is stacked? I mean, look, we all like things the way that we like them, particularly me, but emptying the contents of a stacked dishwasher because the plates are leaning into each other or the glasses aren't neat, and then replacing it all is meticulous to the point of barbarism. I mean, it's literally time to check under your own floorboards. <laughs> to see what you might have done in, while you're sleeping for seven hours. But, but, but yes, sleepwalking, serial killer sleepwalking. But yes, would that stand up in a court of law? But, you know... If you're rearranging the dishwasher, then maybe you're not actually a serial killer. Maybe you just need, you know, loosening up a bit. Yeah, maybe you just need some inspiration. Maybe you're just sweating the small stuff here. Mm, I mean, the trouble with inspiration is that we don't tend to take those motivational quotes in the spirit that they're intended. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, motivational speakers are very rousing and all that have their place. Some are transformational, but... Sometimes we manage to bend the message, don't we? Yeah, we do. Sometimes a rousing motivational moment has basically the opposite effect. Yeah, because we're busy manifesting and positively mantraing 
uh, chanting affirmations like, you know, you've got this. Or life is yours for the taking, as opposed to, you know, I don't think I've got this today. Maybe I left it in the supermarket with my debit card and the will to live. Yeah, sometimes those little nuggets of wisdom just go wonky (laughs) when we blend them with our neuroses. I mean... A recent one seen on Instagram, probably the title of a book. Attack the day like a shark, it said. (laughs) Attack the day like a fucking shark. Yeah, thanks. That's going to help with the anxiety. (laughs) Bunch of terrifying predators circling pointlessly, just trying to eat stuff and eat people. Yes, some of them may have 360 degree vision, which would be useful when trying to park. And, And they can smell a drop of blood a mile away. But the sheer kind of muscularity and constant movement and murdery intent will make them extremely unnerving to be around. Also, they can never stop moving. I mean, this is exhausting. It's exhausting for everybody, for the shark, for the people watching for the shark. I think no, no to this, no to this little <laughs> I nugget. completely agree. We're done. OK, here's another one that I happened to, uh, to read the other day. Again, probably on a strand of Instagram that I should not be on. Take the stones people throw at you and use them to build a monument. Now, sure, okay, also, ouch. And uh, do we have to, and I'm checking my notes, throw stones? A bit biblical, isn't it? I mean, who are we building a, you know, monument to? Ourselves? I mean, we couldn't possibly. We could barely (laughs) get any woman that isn't the queen on banknotes, for fuck's sake, let alone having a monument built for us. Let alone, I mean, also, can I just say, it's impossible to find a builder... I mean, we're clearly not expected to build this on our own, are we? Also, materials are horribly expensive at the moment. Also, ouch, stop throwing stones, people. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one. You, Emily, you, listener, you are the artist of your own life. Don't hand that paintbrush to anyone else. Wait, hang on. Are we Vincent van Gogh now? Just seeing things in yellow because of the medication and cutting our own ears off. Or Picasso with his suspect sense of what a woman actually looks like despite his efforts to fuck all of them or are we female artists from the beginning of time until the 20th century ignored forgotten painted over and overlooked sometimes it helps to share the paintbrush because our little lady hands get tired (laughs) (laughs) okay here's another one okay if opportunity doesn't knock Build a door. Oh, my God. Enough for the building. More building. I mean, we're currently constructing a monument to success or something. I mean, we may get round to a door, but our monument might just be one of those, you know, ziggurati things that has no doors and just lots of steps going upwards forever because that's how it all fucking feels. Maybe if you build it, they will come. But what if you don't want (laughs) anyone to come? I know. What if you want to just tinker in your garden and do small things like eat crackers and cheese? Or what do you like to do in your garden, Annabelle? I just like to go outside, stare at the plants, wonder when the flowers will bloom, knowing they probably won't because I've got really black fingers, then they walk inside again. I don't sit down because I don't have garden furniture and that would mean sitting on the grass and then I'd have to warm up to stand up again, so I don't bother with that. Do you actually just stare at the flowers going, please, can you bloom? Yeah, it's it's not so much communing with the flowers as panicking about the flowers and ordering the flowers to do things. Perfect. So nature is not healing for me. Um, Here's another one. Wake up the lion inside, they say. I am a lion, hear me roar. But really, when you wake up your inner lion, it's it's no Mufasa. It's one of those mangy, fly-ridden lions that sleeps all day and lets someone else, I mean, probably a woman, 
go out and get its food for it and is also capable of gorging 25% of its body weight in one sitting. We can do that, can't we? Excellent line facts as well. Thanks. Very good. Okay, here's another one. When you are happy, you can do anything. Happy. I mean, is happiness really the point? Well, do you remember what Eve Rodsky said? Yeah, so we interviewed Eve Rodsky on the podcast a few weeks ago and she said that good mental health was not about lighting candles and juicing, but about having the appropriate emotion at the appropriate time and the strength and resilience to weather them. Yeah, I mean, being happy is hard. If we have to wait until we're happy, then we'll never get anything done. Angry, maybe. (laughs) That should be the refrain. When you're angry, you can do anything. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't tell our shrinks. In fact, you know what? Don't tell anyone. I think this entire podcast should just be between you and us, okay? Because if anyone found out how mad we were, then who knows what would happen. So... Let's just keep all this between you and us listeners until next week. Shh. Oh, but do stay tuned for an interview with Dr. Seaweed himself. We are delighted to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Craig Rose, otherwise known as Dr. Seaweed, creator and founder of the seaweed supplement range, Weed and Wonderful. Hello, Dr. Craig, or no, in fact, hello, hello, Dr. Seaweed. (laughs) Much better, thank you. Yes, how dare you? Um, Which begs the question, how did you become Dr. Seaweed? How does a perfectly sane marine Uh biologist decide to morph into Dr. Seaweed, a creator of supplements? Well, I think seaweed, you know, we all know what seaweed is. We all see it. But through marine biology and the many, many years I spent at university doing that, you recognise different things. The sea's always fascinating, but seaweed just ticks every box, whether it's food, health, nutrition, fuels, biomaterials, it can do everything. And it's a huge hope for the future, like sustainable future. So the opportunity that I saw and working with it sustainably was for health and nutrition. It fills some big nutritional gaps we can talk about. And so, I don't know, it became a sort of joke that's all made, like I was Dr. Seaweed and and then I was like, brilliant, we'll register that as a trademark. And then we'll <laughs> yeah, go from I'll, that. Just, I'll have that. Yeah. And then the supplements really, the Weed and Wonderful brand came around because the elephant in the room was that, like I said, everyone knows what seaweed is. It doesn't mean they're willing to put it in the mouths, however good no. it is for them. So the Weed and Wonderful is a play on that seaweed isn't weird, it's wonderful. And it's trying to then help people discover the wonder of seaweed, you know, understand why it's good for them. And supplements are a fantastic and easy way for people to get seaweed into the diets i mean it's all very well going off to your local japanese and ordering the seaweed salad but presumably you'd have to eat quite a lot and extremely regularly to give you these same kind of benefits exactly yeah so it's about you know with all supplementations like consistency is key so seaweed is a forgotten food we every culture pretty much around the world used to eat it so all we're doing is rediscovering it and putting it in formats that certainly in the West we are more used to in supplements. You know, Japanese food, like say, has grown hugely, but it's not something we necessarily have every day. They do in Japan and other parts of Asia where it's a staple. But this is about helping people get all that nutrition in a really easy way. And so what, what can seaweed deliver to us in this little pill? Yeah, what can what can seaweed do for us? What That's can you what do for us, Dr. Seaweed? What can't I do? <laughs> well, see, so it, we could talk about it as a powerhouse in nutrition. So importantly, there's like 10,000 different types of seaweed in the world, and we focus on one. It's all from the pristine waters of the Outer Hebrides in Scotland. So it's wild harvested there. It's very scalable, very sustainable. 
and we've got our own production there. So it's basically taking the seaweed, it dries it, and then it mills it very gently, and it locks in this huge amount of nutrition. The key thing, though, in there is iodine. So iodine's a nutrient that you may have heard of, you may not, but quite scarily, at minimum 66, but up to around 80% of women in the UK are not getting enough in the diet. So that's at least 23 million women. And iodine is essential. You have to get it in your diet. It's not like vitamin D that you can get from sunlight as well. You have to get it in your diet. And if you don't, it can cause all sorts of different health issues we can come on to, but quite broad ranging as well. So it can really help with things like, you know, excessive things, uh, hair, nails, skin, but also weight gain and weight loss because it affects your thyroid, your metabolism, your brain function, all sorts of different things. So it's really critical. And the only sources, or the main sources, is fish, but particularly white fish. And we tend to eat more salmon and oily fish, which are fantastic in their own right, but not when it comes to iodine. And then dairy, that's the traditional source in the British diet. And dairy's in huge decline because of more plant-based milks that don't have any natural iodine in. And we're all sort of moving away from them anyway so without white fish and dairy that's it and in fact one capsule of of the weed and wonderful supplements if you're to look at the next best plant-based source because seaweed's the only natural plant-based source of iodine the next best one's something like peanuts and for one capsule that's half a gram of the seaweed you would need around 1.75 kilograms of peanuts you know it's a huge amount of peanuts and you just can't we did buy some for a video we did and we just can't get through it you just can't you just couldn't eat them in one sitting no, even God, with a big family be... around you just couldn't do it so <laughs> so it just puts into context it's an essential nutrient each capsule's got about as much iodine as a portion of haddock so it's not ridiculously high it's just really good natural levels and that you know getting that essential nutrition that's what it can really do it's funny, we don't... Iodine's not a fashionable nutrient, is it? It's not like, you know, an omega or any of the sexy ones we hear so much about at the moment. When I think of iodine, I'm surprised because I think of, like, chemistry labs from when I was yes. 14. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought I thought that iodine was what you use to clean cuts, but yeah. I think that's probably... Yeah, so it it's... Uh, I didn't know that actually it was something essential, so there you go, and, every and day's it, a school day. Indeed, and it's interesting you mentioned, like, the omega 3s and 6s because actually there's a... A great bit of research that was done two, three years ago that showed to about two and a half million years ago, when we were hunter gatherers and you know going around foraging for our food, we're, te- we're we're living quite terrestrially, and then the climate was slowly changing and warming, and we moved towards the coast, and it gave us access as hunter gatherers to seafood and seaweed, so fish and shellfish and seaweed, and that introduced in our into our diets the fatty acids, the omegas plus iodine and other minerals. And all of those together led to the evolution of the modern human brain because it gave us the nutrients we needed to support our brain function. But those nutrients remain essential today. But like say, if you know people may or may not know what omega-3 does, but they sort of know it's good. It has this health halo benefit. Iodine's not quite there yet. However, we're massively lacking in it. And Europe, the whole of Europe is now considered an iodine deficient continent. It's not just the UK. So what sort of symptoms might we start to display if we're iodine deficient? So iodine is essential for your thyroid health. So the thyroid is this gland in the neck and it produces these hormones T3 and T4. And that three and four relate to how many iodine atoms are attached to it. So if you don't have enough iodine, it can lead to what's called an underactive or hypothyroidism. The symptoms, and you can look on the NHS website, are things like weight gain and difficulty losing weight, metabolism because it affects how well you turn your food into your energy 
So that affects tiredness and fatigue, sensitivity to cold, brittle hair and nails, loss of libido, a whole range because these hormones are so broad acting in the body. And we see, you know, the first feedback we get after, let's say, three weeks, you know, you give, need to give it a bit of time of taking the supplements is people saying, my hair feels thicker, it's growing faster, my skin's better, my nails are much stronger. But also there's a lot of people who have been on diets or exercising, they've just, for whatever reason, not been able to shift the weight. And it's often, not always, but often that the thyroid isn't working right, the metabolism is sluggish, and therefore they're just not burning through that food in, in the most effective way. And the weight then starts to fall off just by normalising that sort of nutritional intake. And how does seaweed relate to things like, I mean, things that I know that, that Emily and I and our listeners are constantly sort of battling with, like lack of energy and, you know, frankly, brain fog, cognitive function? Yeah, absolutely. So those, both those two things, iodine really, um, and, and these are approved health claims that we have on all of our packs for the different products, is cognitive function is one. And then energy and metabolism, because again, the thyroid and the, the hormones it produces affect your metabolism, which affects your energy. And it has impacts as well on how your brain functions. And it's all the way through life. So pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, you actually need more. The World Health Organization says you need more iodine because it's essential for fetal brain development. And then all the way through until no more, that iodine is essential for, for brain functions, for supporting that. And then what we've done in our range of products is adding other natural and plant-based ingredients. Everything we do is plant-based and natural. So for example, you mentioned brain fog. So menopause, that's, you know, one of the symptoms that people report. So we have in, in the menopause product, things like the B vitamins, along with the, the seaweed, vitamin C, vitamin D3, and red clover for the isoflavones, those phytoestrogens. So we can help support things like mental performance, psychological function, but also skin health, bone and muscle function, hormonal balance, and, you know, energy reduction of tiredness and fatigue. So nothing, you know, you're not curing the menopause, it's not a disease, but obviously different people experience it in different ways. I'm sort of very careful when I talk about it, because I personally won't go through it. But it's, you know, it's about we've developed it with with people that are expert in this area, about supporting that, but it's critical, because a lot of the symptoms of menopause can be quite analogous with thyroid issues and we found that with our pure seaweed product which is literally 100 percent pure organic scotchy seaweed in a capsule we had women coming to us saying it's really helped to ease the symptoms of my menopause and it may have done because of the cognitive function etc but it may have also been that they had a few thyroid issues they weren't aware of mm. um, because most of us will sit in this subclinical space you'll go to your doctor and you'll not be high enough to be put on medication, but that doesn't mean you don't feel grotty. Oh, I love the idea of a subclinical space. That's basically, that's really, that's like the technical term for just feeling slightly shit all the time, isn't Pretty it? Much. It's very much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, well, I I'm think you get to the you? point where you realise that space. not everything is biochemistry. Some yeah. of it has to be kind of a lived experience. Yeah, a great way to start is there's a, a website, which is iodinetest.online, and you can go to it. It was developed by our nutritionist, um, Sarah Jane. And it, there's five simple questions, and I, I, I would urge you to do it. And it's just how often you have milk, like dairy milk, not the chocolate, the type of milk. Um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that one would have a lot. So milk, um, cheese, yogurts, as those three dairy things, and then eggs, and then fish and seafood. So it literally takes five seconds, and it gives you 
how much iodine you get on average in a day and whether that's enough or not. Now, I consider myself quite healthy, but I actually don't have any dairy, tiny bit of cheese. I eat fish a couple of times a week. I have eggs most days. I was only on 73 micrograms of iodine and you need 150 a day. So I wasn't even 50%. However, I take my seaweed supplement every day, of course. So that, that puts me well into a good place. But everybody we've done it with pretty much has been not getting enough. I like the fact that this is a sort of locally sourced superfood. It's not from far-flung Asia and exotic and sort of, you know, intimidating. It's literally from up north, like you. <laughs> right up north, though. <laughs> um, you, you, doing its best. And, um, and how are you finding being a uh, supplement entrepreneur? I, look, it's great and it's... You know, it, sincerely, it's nice to do something that is not just because I've always wanted to work with the sea. You know, it's great to do that. But then to take something sustainably from the UK in a, I mean, the Outer Hebrides is, is I don't live there. I'm not tough enough to live there. It's a proper wilderness. But it is a stunning, stunning part of the UK. And to take that and then know it actually benefits people nutritionally. And we see such fantastic results. All of that science we've spoken about is great. But it's the testimonials from customers that really mean a lot because we see that it helps them in all sorts of different ways. And, th and that's great. To, and like I say, to know it's sustainable, it's British and then offers people real benefit. Well, Emily and I are whacking it down yeah, we are. for the I last few days. So we'll report remember, back. Yeah, I actually remember to take it every morning as well. So I feel like Fabulous. maybe that's already working. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, so we're both like... in quite good moods. Good. Yeah, no, look at us. Very so upbeat. jolly. <laughs> <laughs> not that is not normal, and also because we're very jealous of your name, Doctor Seaweed. We we're thinking of changing our names by deed poll to Doctor Annabelle and Doctor Emily. Just go Correct. for it. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today, and um, we have high hopes, don't we? Yeah, we do. Thank you very much, no Doctor Seaweed. Thank Thanks, Doctor Seaweed. Take Bye. care. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of the Midalt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe.